The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. The group is now together and have headed to a local business that used to be a grocery store in order to investigate on behalf of the White Council. We begin to see our characters in action and learn more about Dresden Files Accelerated. Enjoy the podcast. And welcome to The Shed for Adventures from the Shed. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com on, um, let's go a different order this time, TuneIn Radio Podbean. We're hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Um, We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Plus being all over the place. Just search for us online. That's Adventures from the Shed. And you'll have at least one or two pages of results where you can find us all over the place. I think Mickey's going to try and prove me right at and this time as F- we get started. F- Speaking of Mickey, we're going to go around the table and say hi, starting with... Hey, everyone. Uh, this is Mickey. Are you ready for Mora the same? Mora the... I thought it was the same. The same. Okay. Mora the same. She the is our hunter. Hunting is the family business, but times are changing, and she needs to keep up with it. Her cool. favorite motto is, if force isn't working, you're just not using enough. Cool. Go on, sir. JJ here. I'll be playing Cletus Fitzhammer, and uh, he is a warden that is the basically the law for the wizarding community. I am the wizard law. I am the law. <laughs> wizard law. <laughs> All right, Judge Dredd. Hey, this Wizard is, Judge Dredd. Wizard Law. This is Kurt. I'm playing Jamie Anderson. I am a son or a part of a, a wealthy upstate family, but I am a, a bit of a loner who loves to be in the woods, and I also happen to be the Earl King's Huntsman. Cool. This is Chris. I'm playing Victor Bartok. He's the uh, guy that's trying to be the, the, the knight in shining armor, but he's currently on the line of being the Dark Prince. He's kind of like the prince in tainted armor. Yeah, it's a little dirty. He's a little dirty. Nothing wrong with a little dirty. Buff out. He's hoping it'll buff out. (laughs) And I am Joe. I am the game master who will provide the buffing if his armor ever gets clean. (laughs) Oh, shit. Is that kind of relationship? He'll take the buffing. (laughs) He'll take the buffing. Um, We are continuing in our game of Dresden Files Accelerated, which at the time of this recording is still a new game. Just been out for a month or so. And we are delving into it as a learning experience. We are doing, I think, almost literally zero prep in between sessions and in between recordings. We are really learning this game as we go. Now, normally, Mickey, Mickey's giving me this look. We normally do about 5% prep. Okay. We're about zero this time. To, to where I, I'm comfortable saying, although we have copies of the PDF, we all do, and we now have the hardcover book on the table, none of us has read it cover to cover. So, I mean, zero. N- none of us knows all of the rules, and we're learning them as we go, which you have probably, you the listener, have probably noticed in our last several episodes. We are now on episode six of this Dresden Files Accelerated game, and to give us a recap of how we started our first adventure last time, I think Kurt wants to step up to the plate using his notes and his intellect. <laughs> yes, I'll be using... I won't I, say memory. I, I was going to say, I'll be using... Uh, what's the intellect one? Focus? Intellect? Focus it is mind. intellect, Kurt. Oh, okay. There's an approach called <laughs> intellect. All right, so clearly Kurt won't be using his intellect. I'll be using intellect. my intellect approach. No, uh, so we started off the game with Cletus receiving a note uh, that told him... Uh, and it was a note from the Wizards... From Marcus on behalf of the Wizards Council, I think? Correct. 
that uh, he and his friends were to find the Erkling, the uh, Earl King's hunter, the, the Steve Erkling. <laughs> right, Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> that could be your catchphrase. Killed with Jamie. fire. So, um, sorry. Cletus uh, called his old friend Mora, uh, who contacted Father Victor, or Vicky as uh, she likes to call him. And, uh, Only I can Deering. call him that. Yeah, that's true. Father they, Vicky. That, that is the combination. They went together and uh, Cletus conducted a ritual in a ba- uh, local public bathroom well, using the, I was the, urinating at the, same the Google Maps on Mora's phone. And the, the point of the ritual is to find. At least. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's just people love. He's about that life. (laughs) You're doing good, Kurt. You're accommodating our assholeness. Now I've got golden showers in the bathroom. uh, (laughs) Baptism by shower. What? This is what happens when I don't drink and he starts at 9 a.m. Is that that frustrating? I'm just happy she got her hair done. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> here we are. Here we are in our third hour of this fine recording. And um, Kurt, I think, has gotten Sorry, almost man. two sentences out of the recap. But go ahead. It's all good. So uh, Cletus is conducting his ritual. He used Morris' phone, uh, the point of which was to locate the Earl King's hunter. Um, they did not know who the Earl King's hunter was, but Mora had a friend through the Monster Hunter community that got a last name of Anderson in a general location. And combining that with the ritual, they located Jamie at a local restaurant called the Lazy Goat. Please follow the highlighted route. Exactly. Uh, Jamie, uh, after having a looking deeply, uh, or having his soul looked into deeply by uh, Cletus. You guys had a moment? Uh, we had a moment. Uh, and then we quick, I quickly left because I realized that obviously this Motley crew must be supernatural or related there too. And uh, we left together. Cletus... Uh, no plosives. That, that, that was some uh, lawyer speak there. There oh, too. Oh, oh, all right. JJ had this look pointing at Kurt, and I was wondering what it was. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Cletus then used some of his cop research to find. We knew we were going to Greer, but he had to find something where something unusual was happening. And we worked our way to a commercial standalone commercial building that was uh, had been a food lion and is trying to become a gold's gym. Uh, long story short. Cletus used his third eye special power and saw the kind of the mystical nature of the place overlaid onto reality. He saw cemeteries and homeless people. Uh, Mora then used her super smart brains and figured out that there must be one or more zombies that have been summoned back from the dead inside the store. And that is where we left off. Cool. So we are outside of that store um, as we pick up this episode, and I will give another uh, a quick recap of the scene you find yourself in. You're outside of what used to be a Food Lion store. Um, Gold's Gym is trying to occupy the building, and they have been sending contractors. And according to the police reports that, um, that Cletus uh, received, when contractors show up, there's always something that kind of steers them away. Uh, and another thing that has uh, that has happened in the area that um, is, is causing people to to look and notice what's going on. The reason one of the reasons the police have been called is there's that construction kind of it's right on the other side of the Sonic where the cherry limeades came from, um, and it is if you looked at an overhead view, it might uh, on a map it might still be empty the the um, the hybrid view or the satellite view rather than just the map. But there's a storage uh, building going up there that's, I think, going to be three stories. Uh, so this little bit of uh, stuff going on in the area has caused more people to look, has drawn attention, and that's one of the reasons why the council has uh, asked Cletus to investigate with this new group, uh, this new motley crew of people. And No relation. No relation. 
outside of the building are these vehicles from the construction company, ABC contractors, that they're, they've probably been there for a few days. The tires are flat. Um, in the building itself, when you look in, you don't see anything except for some old fixtures from the supermarket. And um, with that, you don't, uh, there, there's nobody moving around. There, the question was there. Walking around the back of the building, you notice electricity was on, the meter's moving, some kind of compressors are running for some kind of cooling or air conditioning um, units. And with that, you guys are now outside of the building, wherever you want to be, somewhere in the parking lot, around the side. Of course, they have delivery areas because it was a supermarket. And there's plenty of things to investigate. Um, The key word there being investigate. And one of the things I do want to call attention to is when we talk about how some of the rules work in the game, you'll want to look at page 184. starts with the challenges. The challenge is essentially this is the whole scene. This is what's going on in the scene. Mm-hmm. And then within the scene is a contest. And the contest is a nonviolent interaction. Okay, so it's when two... Th- Things are interacting, neither meaning to cause harm to each other. There are examples like um, a car chase would be one where you're just looking or or trying to catch somebody, not necessarily hurt them. And then the other is, aside from contests, the other is conflict. And the conflict is where bad is meant to be done to the other side. It's a fist fight. It's a violent interaction of some type. You wish to visit harm. Yes. Um, So with that, you guys are outside. And now it's time to start actually um, doing more investigation on the scene. So you know that little bit of what I said with the vehicles outside with flat tires and air conditioning running uh, or compressors running of some type um, and the building appearing empty. And we're going to say still that we're in the middle of the day. We'll say 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon uh, on in June. Bright sun, 90-something degrees out, a little bit humid maybe. Um, so I know that this has... It's a high probability that this has something to do with zombies. Mm-hmm. So I would start investigating the doorways and windows because my hunter's knowledge suggests I've got an inkling that in order to contain spirits, you need some sort of barrier that they can't just easily pass through. Okay. So that would have to be created artificially if this building is going to house a lot of spirits. So I'd start looking for something like that. So you're going to look at, what, entrances? Entrances. Okay. So front door, side doors, back doors, so looking for any special runes or okay. some sort of barrier enacted to keep these spirits in this building. As you get close, and at least for now, I'll presume everybody is nearby and able to watch what each character is doing. When you split up, let me know. For now, everybody will be nearby. Um, as Mora approaches any of the entrances... Um, Within about five feet of the entrance, you just don't want to be there anymore, and you just move on to the next one. Heebie-jeebies. Oh, really? So something that deters me from being there. Yes. Would I have noticed that? You kind of get more of a feeling as as Mora approaches. This feeling in your head is like, no, this isn't the right door, and you just move to the next one. And everyone else is seeing that as she gets within about five feet or so of the main door, she just turns and moves on to the next door. Like the, the main moving doors, then she moves on to the one that pushes open and then moves on to the next side. And, but it, probably in your head, it's more along the lines of, eh, this isn't it. Maybe something else. So to me, there's nothing awry, but someone else may Not have necessarily, observed something yeah. weird. Do you guys observe? Do you guys yes. take that, pick up on that? Yeah, I'm going to uh, assume that this is warded in some way. Okay. Um, 
and I would like to detect the magic that is powering such okay. a warding. Are there other people around outside? Only insofar as people are driving past. Um, JJ actually had held up a picture of the, uh, the building in the parking lot. It really is pretty empty because yeah. there's nothing occupying that area. It's a big parking lot. Now, 200 feet to your left, if you're facing the front of the building, 200 feet to your left or so is a firehouse. People are walking in and out of there. Behind you, about 300 feet to the right, is the Sonic, where your cherry limeades came from. And, and behind you, about 300 feet or so, Directly behind you is Wade Hampton, which has thousands of cars a minute passing by. Yeah. So it's a busy area, but where you are, nobody's noticing it's you. It's deserted. It, no yeah. one really goes in there. Yeah, there, there isn't anybody, outside of the four characters, there isn't anybody you can see within a few hundred feet. And nobody's paying attention to you. So while um, Mora <clears throat> is looking, um, Jamie, like, not making a big deal out of it all, just quietly kind of behind, yeah. um, pulls his concealed carry... Glock 30S subcompact out, hands it to Victor. Okay. Opens his messenger bag, pulls out his 45 Colt that he uses as a sidearm when he hunts. And then uh, in the bag, he's got a, a backup for hunting backup. Of course. For boar in particular. And then uh, pulls out like a 6-inch blade, you know, 11, 12-inch survival knife and, uh, and asks Cletus if he needs it. So you're arming up. I mean, just quietly, just yeah. like. Assume, I'm assuming you don't have a firearm on you. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I'm offering it to you. And I'll offering, take it. And I'm offering him a knife. Father Vicky, would you like a gun? Oh, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. One does not so turn Cletus. down gifts yeah. when they do come. Do your people know we're here? So that's a... Yes, they, uh, the White Council is aware that we are investigating the disturbance. However, they do not know no, where no, no. I mean their disturbances. your other people, since we were inquiring. My the police, you mean? Yeah. The police. No. Right. I don't want to run so into any imperial entanglements. So you didn't tell Amy that you were going to check it out? No. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to run into any imperial entanglements. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I, I do like that reference. Thank you, Chris. Um, so aside from that, no. Uh, it isn't publicly known that you guys are here. Okay. However, from all appearances, there is something that, know, that probably knows that there is someone outside. Oh, wow. Okay, so reading the wow. rules. Yeah. Um, my silver sword hammer, in this case. Yeah. Uh, you possess one of the weapons of a warden, crafted especially for you and enchanted with a counterspell that unravels mystical protections, such as wards and defensive spells. Mm-hmm. So you're, if you go near the door, the so wards or whatever would fall away? What I'll do is I'll summon the hammer, and what that looks like is I just kind of drop my arm to my side, and it, it just kind of materializes in my hand and I'll just do with underhand toss just throw it through a window wow you're just gonna you want to cause attention I thought B&E was more her thing right yeah. we're trying it's to not how to cause attention it's you're a gonna busy road break you're gonna the window and people the, are gonna hear it from where from all around you I mean 500 sound, feet away the sound of shattering sound glass of carries yeah, but people there driving people by closer. would notice that you just... No, no, people that are close... People, people just, that drive just walked out of firehouse. Or, or hanging outside of Sonic. Sonic or... yeah. I'm just letting you know, you can do this. But shattering glass will be heard by people within yeah, a that be his, Would that be something he would do? No. Maybe just walk up to it and, like, with your... It doesn't... Okay. You can do it if you want to do it. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it just doesn't yeah. make sense that people would hear it. Gordo, there's shattering glass sh- makes a lot of noise. And there's a Especially sonic a right there. On the I know where it is, Len. I know exactly where it is. 
Okay. Just saying. All right. Well, uh, I have no problem with you calling attention to yourself, really. In that case, I'll walk up and tap it then. Okay. Tap the tap the door. Tap, 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 tap. And I am going to use this as a roll because it is a strong opposition to what you are doing. Okay. Um, I am curious, is there anything on there about using it as a roll and what approach you might use I get a plus two to defenses against these things. Okay. So then you need to describe what approach you're using so, so we know what role to have. Um. It, it, it's sheer determination, so I imagine just focus. Okay. I'm powering through the world, the okay. ward. Okay, and um, because this ward was put in place by somebody, I'm going to make an opposing role. This so I almost picture it like, um, and like an arm wrestling battle, where one walks up, ready, the other one walks up. Much. Let's yeah. go. So Let's do I, this. I have a plus six. I have. Okay. Whoa! You went. Ass- assuming I'm doing the rules correctly, I have a focus of plus three. I have a net w- po- plus one from my roll, mm-hmm. and the plus two um, when from the using, sword. When using your hammer. In this using case, the hammer. Um, well, I have went a f- over the thumb. Yeah. I have a four. My so, net result is a four. So you succeed. Okay. Um, and you're going above and beyond. Well, you, I guess style. Well, I was going to say, uh, I'll give you the option of this or something else you choose. But you can choose to deactivate the ward without notifying who put it there or something else of your choice. I will deactivate the ward without anyone noticing. Okay. Because that's what I wanted to make it so you could enter without yeah. necessarily being known. But Raising could, the alarm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that pick a door in the front, the main door, one of the side doors... Yeah, the the uh, actually the cart return door. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. There you Perfect. go, nice. Um, so the cart return door, uh, you know now that it no longer will keep people away from entering it. So you're now free free to enter. What? <laughs> hey, what's the marching order of the party? Ooh. So was that? I know it was Rolling keeping people out, but was that keeping something in too? I don't know. Mm. We're about to find out. Wards are indiscriminate. Got a spare mag for this thing. Sure. Got one one spare mag. All right. Nice. So how many bullets is that? Twenty. Well, technically twenty-one if he's got one in the chamber, which I assume he would. Plus Chris, another. Chris knows what. Plus another twenty. So you've got. So four. he's got t- it's ten round mag, but one in the chamber, so eleven so in the gun, and ten another ten to go. Twenty-one rounds. Nice. All right. Slimmer. I've got what Slim two monster. two nines. That's forty caliber, right? Back. Forty-five, I thought. Unless you want nines, what do you want to do? I don't know. What would I want? What would I carry? What would a monster hunter carry? Stopping power. Plus it would need to be concealable under a jean jacket. Correct. Most, Most likely, you have hollow, how, how big, hollow points. How? What's the size of the character? Silver bullet. She's about my height, so five six. You carry like two Glock nineteen. You got like two Glock nineteens and have you know sixteen rounds in both. Would that fit and under a tec- jacket? Oh yeah. Okay. And technically, you can put the seventeen round mags and they stick out a little bit. So technically, you can go eighteen rounds in both. So if you what want. I was picturing, okay. and I don't know if these are real or not, but in the um, like the Matrix or whatever, the the ones that are smaller than Uzis that look like pistols that are still automatic, oh, like Mac tens or something. Yeah, that, that's what I'm <laughs> picturing. Just drop Monster them Hunter. Right? Yeah, yeah, drop them when you yeah. spend them. <laughs> New York <laughs> Reload. I was gonna yeah. say you better do a lot of reloading. Yeah. So. 
Okay. But that's uh, to me. That's what I'm picturing for Mickey's character. That she's just, she's going to grab two guns from behind her. All right. Her so back let's and give her. <laughs> we'll give her the Glock 18s or the full auto. There you go. And then yeah. Make sure you note runs. that. Two Glock 18s. Oh, man. Yeah. You can re- you know you can't you use can the 33 round guns. guns. Yeah. If I've got the wrong guns, you just no. It's fine. That's you, if your guy's the 45 guy, that's what that's what. You I want. have this urge I to like spit. You wouldn't necessarily <laughs> right now. Be as good a shot as I am. <laughs> I nice. thought the sub subcompact might be easier for you to use. Yeah, that's whatever. Whatever. So I've got two Glock 18s. He's a priest after all. With how many shots might be per bag? I will say 18 because we don't want to go crazy. You can get the 33 round bags, but let's not be crazy. You've got to be high the shit. So you hide this stuff. It, well, we're in a world. So that's thirty-six magic plus one in each. So werewolves, well, mythology, seventeen in the mag. So you've got eighteen in the gun. So thirty-six per, and then one extra clip per. It's up to you. All right, I like so it. So another seventeen in the mag. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, there's no counting ammunition, but it's cool to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Now we might find might find out that that's the reverse. Now here's the the question again: What's the marching order? Who would go first? Uh, you guys have only known each other for a few hours yeah, as I'm, a group. I'm going first. Okay. I would. I don't trust uh, Vicky. Yeah. And I don't know. You called me though. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I like I I tolerate you. Like I trust yeah, you so yeah, far yeah. as like mm-hmm. as long as you stay in line. But it, there's a part of me that fears that you're going to stray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know Jamie well enough, so I would be in the behind both of you. So kind of like a sandwich. Would you guys right. be okay All with right, that? All right, so maybe him up front, me, yeah. you in the middle, and then her behind. Yeah. <laughs> Think of this in D&D terms. You put your wizard up front. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> right? But this isn't We're D&D, going into so a warded room. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's got a hammer. Well, he already <laughs> cast the knock spell. Now you can let the fighter go first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Um, all right. So you go in the cart door, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe it as such, whether the building is like this or not. Um, the cart door is kind of two sections. The bottom where you can push the carts through, and then the top, which moves. Well, the top is bolted shut from the inside with a deadbolt, so you've got to duck as you go in. Yep. There are no other carts in there now. And um, uh, because of your plus to roll, I'm just going to let it click open as well. Okay. It, it was locked, but you clicked it open. Part of the ward yeah, was fun. keeping yeah. the lock uh, set, and you undid that. So it clicks open, um, and as you walk in, there must be some um, motion-controlled lights in the cart area, because as you walk in there, that that small, I say small area, it's probably 40 feet deep, 15 feet wide, accommodate a few rows of carts. Um, That lights up, but the rest of the store, there's no lights. It's still daylight. It's still bright in there, but um, there's darkness as you head towards the back of the store. But where you've just walked into, something activated lights. Um, Again, think of grocery store still because that's the way we're going to play this building um towards the front are counters and stuff that held cash registers and the conveyor belts for checking out uh as you look at the store from the front to the right is a would have been a produce section and then there's some um refrigerated or freezer compartments all the way around the outside and then just empty aisles in the middle where the fixtures are still there but no produce or no product on any of the shelves there's like a random Canned good on the floor or something still? There is now. What's in it? What does the label say? Uh, it's green beans. All right. There's a random green bean, French-style green bean can green um, in the cart area. In the green jar. I'll, uh, I'll check it out, see what the data is on it. If it's good, I'll use my little P38 can opener and open it up. There if there's go. dense, you don't open it. you got some green beans. All right, I'm just kind of drinking has, them out has, of the can. It definitely has dense. All right, that's don't, fine. Don't yeah. eat it. It's got botulism. Okay. No, that's fine. 
It I've had worse. Says, it says right in the ingredients. First one is botulism. Oh, that means that's the number <laughs> Second one ingredient. ingredient is green beans. <laughs> Ooh, extra botulism. Yes. Mm. Um, so you're in that area now, and the store's kind of open, and you can. The only noise from inside the store is the humming of refrigeration and air conditioned units. And it really, every noise you make, it sounds like you're in a cavern. There's the, the sound that just echoes through the different The slurping of the green beans out of the can. Yes. The, the sound kind of dies out uh, relatively quickly, but not without echoing several <sighs> times over. Yes. All right. There's so the sound of a priest vampire slurping tainted green beans. That would be another cool show title if it weren't so long. So... <laughs> Moving stealthily, that would be an approach with guile? It would be an approach with what you decide. Focus pop? Exactly. So you you decide which approach you're taking, and then we see what number that matches up to on your sheet. Guile fits the best. I have crazy ninja powers. Guile. Actually, Mickey, if you would, go ahead. Those are short descriptions. Let's revisit them again because we're about to use some approaches. So six approaches define how you can accomplish an action. With flair, an action that draws attention to you, replete with style and panache. For example, delivering an inspiring speech to your army, embarrassing your opponent in a duel, or producing a magical firework display. With focus, it's time-consuming action in which close attention is paid to detail so the task is properly executed on the first attempt. For example, lining up a long-range sniper rifle shot, which, by the way, we just broke the road, uh, Canadian broke the road record. Anyway, um, attentively standing watch or disarming a bank's alarm system. Force, a display of brute strength rather than subtlety. For example, wrestling a troll, staring down a werewolf, or casting a powerful magic spell. With guile, an effort focusing on misdirection, stealth, or deceit. For example, talking your way out of getting arrested, picking a pocket, or feigning a sword fight. Haste, a dexterous movement with alacrity. For example, dodging a sight, landing the first punch, disarming a bomb as it ticks down from three, two, one, moving on. With intellect, quick thinking, the solving of complex problems, or accounting for numerous variables at once. For example, code breaking, outwitting a fey courtier, or counting cards in a poker game. So thinking of those, and <clears throat> speaking of which, those are on page 100. Of the so PDF. anyone who wants to reference, on page 100 actually shows you those descriptions again. This is how I want to play the game, and I think it's the intent that you describe your approach to the situation. And since these things are labeled as approaches, you're describing how you're going to do it, and then we fit that into which approach name works. So guile being, to me, is all about the kind of deceptive. You're, You're trying to do something so people perceive it differently. So in this case, who are you trying to fool if you're going to use guile? And I don't think you know who you would be trying to fool, so it's kind of it's kind of weird for me to think that. But convince me is really what it comes down to. If you want to use your highest number, because everyone starts with something as a plus three, describe it that way, and then that's what works. How do I use focus? How do I use uh, force um, to, to approach this? Whatever it may be, I'm always open for it. I just want to hear it described. So, yeah, with uh, if I could use focus, then what I'll do is... Um I'll concentrate on um, making sure that my feet are picking a path that remains clear 
and that I'm bringing my foot down with the whole of my foot, and that way I don't get any of the squeaking of the rubber or anything like that. Okay, the, the, um, to that point, too, um, as is typical of a regular grocery store, the whole floor is tile, Yeah. so it's slick. There is definitely some dust on the floor, not a lot of debris. There wasn't anything before we found the green bean can. Um, but there may be other stuff around, of course, as needed. So looking at the dust, then, is yeah. there um, disturbances? Like, there's been movement in here. So let's start with, you guys are inside now. Are you all trying to stay quiet? Undetected. I wasn't necessarily, because I'm opening up a can of green beans and slurping and eating everyone. I believe that. Stealth has been my So what are we looking for? Years. Anything out of the ordinary. So in this case, is anybody actually attempting to not be detected? I am attempting to not be detected. So let's do a roll on that, because that is actually a contest against somebody who may be trying to detect you. So with the monster hunter, anonymity yeah. helps. So you do the same. What, what approach would you be using? We heard how uh, Cletus would be using focus to do this. I Whoa. Whoa. Um, I, I can guarantee that Cletus has exceeded the number. I don't know, Chris, if you can see how I'm rolling over here, but you're welcome to see. <laughs> I'm using the tops of the dice. Gotcha. Yep. So I definitely... Yeah, you guys are so screwed. Yeah. You are so oh, you screwed. Need <laughs> you got... So go ahead, explain. Explain what you got. Oh, I got uh, three pluses on my roll. Um, okay. With my plus three from focus, that is a fantastic... It is. That goes up there. Now... No, no, it, it, it literally is a fantastic. A but plus six is a that's fantastic. only compared to my number. <laughs> oh, 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 oh right? gotcha, gotcha. So my number is a four. Ah. So that you are taking a certain amount of way. Right. When we get, if we have a power that adds a plus to a roll, do we get to roll and then decide to use the power? Or do we have to say, I'm using my power? And you can always roll and decide to use your power. So like I, I can roll and then say, I want two more. I'm going to use my crazy ninja powers. Yeah, but uh, I think some of it may depend on how it's written, too. Because it may tell you that you're using this with your roll, or it may tell you that you can add this after your roll to, to make it better. A fate point, specifically, you can use after your roll. Like for example, a couple of mine say mark a box of wild power to gain plus two you know, on any use of the guile approach while hunting or stalking someone. Right. And it goes on, but it doesn't so like say that before one, or after. I would say that you would want to use that. It seems like you would use that when you make the roll. The, the way it's written, it sounds like you would use it when you make the roll. I am using my crazy ninja-ass power to do this thing right now. Instead of, I'm going to try this, oh, I wasn't good enough, well, then I'll go crazy ninja-ass on it. it doesn't, to me, it doesn't sound right, but that's me. All you have to do is convince me otherwise, and you get it. You know that. I'll see if I can find out. Yeah. Mickey. Okay, so we are in marching order, Cletus. Well, right now you're kind of all inside the cart area. I was just curious who was going in the building first to see what that looked like. But I you might be just in a group, like we're sitting here, um, within five or so feet of each other, just kind of looking around the place. How is the lighting in here? Where you're standing is well lit. Some motion-activated light lit up the cart area when okay. you walked in. Gotcha. Aside from that, the, um, the store itself is probably operating on those couple of little spotlights over emergency doors. Okay. Gotcha. But there's daylight coming in the big glass right. front um, wall. And the, the grocery store itself, towards the back edges, just gets darker. Mm. Nothing is pitch black, but it's darker. Gotcha. Okay, so knowing that there's potential for some zombie activity... Seeing what happened already with Cleet 
and Cletus and him <laughs> breaking down the wall. Whatever you want, just not I fits. I would definitely be an on edge. Yep. So I would want to use... Are you feeling some despair? <laughs> Am I feeding you? Is that what you're saying, Vicky? Um, um, that's something I, I want to explore, too. Focus to okay. kind of pick my way through the area, making sure that I don't bump into anything to okay. make any unnecessary so noise or draw kinda attention. Kind of like the way JJ described it for Cletus. You're paying specific attention to where you're walking and where your feet are stepping so you're not making squeaks with your combat boots. You're wearing combat boots, of right? Course. Of course. Um, and and not Nani stepping on anything. versus Lara Croft Cross. That's there you what go. she looks All like. Right. The who? What was the first name? Nani from Lilo and Stitch, the sister, uh, the older right. sister. So remember, I already had a number of four, and that's what you're, you're rolling against. Dismal. So I, uh, for those at home, I rolled two plus twos and two minuses, which cancel out. Yep. My natural force is at, excuse me, focus is at a plus three. Okay. So, so it didn't work. This is one of those where um, as you, you step a little further into the store... There's that obnoxiously loud squeak that everyone in the stadium stops and looks at that basketball player because it squeaked way too loud. Um, and it's just your group at this time, but everyone, there's just the, the cavernous feel of an empty grocery store with echoes off of every aisle's fixtures. You just hear this squeak that is practically um, a whistle, like a referee's whistle for a few moments, and then the sound dies away. And you're left with people staring at you. Can't so believe you even just, snuck up on me. Just for the party, <laughs> this is an example of what not to do mm-hmm. in this building. Good to know. I wanted to demonstrate. So she followed up focus. Carry on. And I take my empty can and drop it in the cart. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So there's a clang that's much quieter shortly <laughs> after the squeak. The clang carries one or two aisles over. Carry on. Yes. Um, next steps. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> what do you want to check out next? you have any light sources? Think, think grocery store with no food in it. That's what you're in. But there, we heard the hum of refrigeration. Not uh, outside. Well, yeah, inside too, I guess. I mean, <sighs> Well, then you wouldn't need to carry one probably. Then. So that, that yes. to me, having a closed grocery cool, store with active refrigerators mm. is interesting. Let's go check it out. What, store Wait, room? Oh. Is that what you're thinking? Locker room? Well, they might not be like... Com- in use, like refrigerating, they could just have some power. But going they're, they're still powered on, and why? Let's go to the back room, warehouse. <laughs> There's some food here. Let's go find it. I'm hey. hungry. Let's roll. I what do you think, Jamie? Jamie? Hmm? What are you thinking, Jamie? I'm just thinking about um, my cloak of shadows. I see perfectly in the dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I think I have night vision. Okay. Yeah. So. Let's interpret that, unless there's specifics about it. Does that mean you can see into dark places, or do you have to be in the dark place to see dark? Like, for example, if we're standing in the grocery store, and the edges are darker than where you're standing, do you see them as clearly as you see it where you are? Or do you have to be in that space? You have to be in the cave to see that it's dark in there. I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking. Good question. Because it it may play out. So the here. the rules text is: you see perfectly in the dark and are immune to any potential effect of normal or magical darkness. Okay. Wow. So I guess I would read that as yeah. vaguely as it sounds: that you can see the edges of the store, and we'll we'll call it. It's a perception thing. You know it's darker there, but you can see fine. 
it's not that every place appears like it's in broad daylight to you. You know it's darker, but you can see it fine. As long as you choose to make out shapes or movement or whatever, you'll be able to do that. But in the meantime, really all that means is you can see the, um, the edges. And this is a good point to bring you into this. Uh, when Jamie looks around the edges of the store, you can actually see a little bit of that condensation or frost on the inside of freezer and refrigerator doors. Okay. So where the milk normally is, uh, there isn't any product in there, but there's a little bit of condensation so cool. on okay. the door. So I would quietly tell that to, yeah. to them. Um, so does that mean you're going to play recon? Uh, yes. Which I have, I have some questions about my stunts. That I guess so go for it. In Cloak of Shadows, it also says additionally, and this is where it's more important, once per session you may declare that you automatically succeed at hiding from any non-magical attempt to spot you. Okay. Provided you have a shadow nearby. How do I know when to use that? Like, how do I know when someone is trying to... The way I would see that is one of those things where, um, in a and d game, right? And I'm going to keep referencing that because we have a common uh, frame for that. But you see the goblins up ahead before they see you and you want to hide. Bam, you hid automatically. No okay. question about it. You rolled a 20, whatever it may but be. But like right now, Non-magical, I don't though. know if yeah. anyone's watching us or not, so I wouldn't use no, that. Not necessarily. And to me, that's what it comes down to. There has to be a situation where you want to hide rather yeah. than should I hide? Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, that, it, conceptually, that's the difference for me. Right. Now, you can play it however you want. Just explain it and we make it go. So unlike the monster hunter over here who can't keep quiet, I actually am a true hunter by nature. Yeah, yeah. So I real monster hunters don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just you know kind of sneak. I told them what I saw and just kind of you know quietly, not okay. you know work my way okay. up towards the freezers. Uh, just for kicks, are you going to go around the right side, which is always produce, or the left side, which has normally beer and wine, and they kind of converge to meat and dairy towards the back? Left side. Okay. Always left side. Yeah. Left is the devil's way. That's the way to go. <laughs> so in this case, what that, what that does, just to, to kind of um, give more detail in the area inside the store, is you're wa- you'll walk past where the, um, the registers were. Right? The, the fixtures are mostly still there. Nothing of value remains, but um, the, the surfaces themselves are there. You walk past that, and you're, you're pretty much walking past all of the aisles, and there's nobody in the aisles. Every now and then you might see a, a piece of um, something left over. We'll determine what that is if we need to, but something left over from the store. Um, the sounds just stay a steady hum. Uh, the door... The cart door that you guys came in closed behind you. You hear very little of the outside. Every now and then a big truck will pass by. There's a fire station nearby too. Every now and then you'll hear a big truck pass by, but you don't hear cars. You don't hear regular vehicles going by. You don't hear any people. Inside the store, as I had said, it's kind of a a cavernous hollow sound because it's all metal or wooden surfaces and it's reflective. And the air itself just kind of smells of a cold must of a place that hasn't been occupied in a few months. Yeah. Um, as you, as you make, your, make your way around to that side where um, they would have had beers and ciders and stuff cooling on racks, from what you can tell there, those aren't on. Um, it looks like, from, from Jamie's view, only the, the places with doors themselves. Um, not, none of the open areas the cooling has cooling, only the places with doors. Um, and you make your way up to the first set of refrigerated doors. Um, 
And, and also, for that matter, it's only the outside of the store that has the power. So sometimes the ice cream and frozen meals and stuff are on an inner aisle. None of that is on. Only the outside. So you make your way to the first set of doors that are cold to the touch. What do you do? Uh, presuming all of you guys are going along. Yeah. You're all yeah. there. Yeah. What's next? So I'm going to nudge <laughs> Father Vic over here. You know, can I get my gun somewhat ready? And, you can point and your gun we should at the open priest. The door. Yeah. Are you opening the door? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I would tell, have have you on my left beam, kind of ready, and then I would pull it back. I guess it would open to my right, maybe. Actually, backwards. Depends. Yeah. I'd be on the left. It would open this way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whatever works. That we'll works. Aim in. Okay. Because um, it's very odd. Shoot These first. Are, the whole place is, and this is cold. So. Okay. In a place with a magical <laughs> word on it. Um. When you go to pull on the door, it cool. feels like it's barred or something from the inside. You don't see any locking mechanism on the outside. And these doors normally don't lock, as far as you know. But there's something, it's almost like they're, like a bar is across the door, but you don't see something. And, and when you pull it, there's a little, like a thunk, thunk. When you try and pull it, it moves like a centimeter or so. Right, right. And hey. it doesn't open. One more time. You got something? Would I know this to be a physical... Something physical holding it? It sure feels physical. Kick it. It, it physically <laughs> stops when you pull yeah, it, man. like metal against metal. From the backside, it. though, like something inside you the door. Well, you don't see anything in front of you. Right. It's probably a better way to put it. So it's probably in the back because it's not obvious in the front. Hammer time. To do what? Hit the door. You want me to smash the door in? But it's a pull-open metal door. Where are we assuming that it could be magically These are the glass-facing ones. It could be magically ordered. Smash the glass. So um, when this was open as a grocery store, you're looking in the first door. This would have been the one that had all the different Budweiser's, Bud Lime and Bud Light and everything in the first door. It's like those freezer doors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we can't see anything. We can't see past the frost. It's It's frosted. Is that right? There's condensation on it. Behind it is dark, and you cannot see in there. If you can't open it, that's why I assume it's something magical open it. related. Right. I mean, I'll tap it to see if it's warded. Okay. Uh, it, nothing obviously happens yeah. about that. And when you pull on the door again, it still seems like it's blocked somehow from the inside. Stand back. I'm going to shoot it. I thought I was going to say, can we just shoot the glass? Or I can smash the glass. Yeah, let's go with that. If you want to go that way. That won't be as loud. Know. Nobody has shot anything yet. I yeah. shot anything yet, right? <laughs> right, So rather than just tap it, yeah. I'll yeah. now actively seek to harm. Okay. And I don't know technically what's in a freezer, but I'm going to call it, it's a pretty heavy-duty, double-pane, yeah. tempered glass of They, they don't type. want anyone getting hurt from yeah. it ever yeah. shattering. It yeah. shatters into a million so pieces. You hit it, yeah, all exactly. It, it like breaks into glass. all the tiny pieces that aren't necessarily sharp. Um, although, if you get them in your underwear, they can still cut you. Ask me how I know. That sounds like a fantastic story. We'll deal with some other time. So much kinky that lets on. It does break, and it's... It's actually not kinky first? at all, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, so kind of around the outside of the door is that little crinkle bit of the glass that's mm-hmm. held in place by the rubber um, sealer. Um, but it makes uh, plenty of noise. It's just like somebody dropped a thousand pieces of yep. tiny glass on the floor. Um, and as soon as that happens, there's a, um, a cold smell of dirt and rotting stuff that kind of flows out of it. I am instantly 
further on edge. Yeah. I've smelled this before. And th- this is the kind of smell that, that, that makes a normal person gag immediately. This is like decay. graveyard decay. Yeah. The, the, yeah. This is like, it's not just roadkill. It's several different roadkills, and they've been sitting on the road for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. having sex I mean, with we're each expecting other. zombies. Having so. sex with each other. Birthing, uh, birthing other roadkills. Necrophilia and <laughs> necromancy. What an awesome episode. Necrophiliancy. <laughs> Instant on edge. Draw my gun. So you have it open. Something again. And um, at that point too, there is also um, you hear a hissing sound from elsewhere in the stores, just kind of echoing around. But a hissing, kind of like it sounds like a um, person who got upset at something. Hissing, not an animal hissing, not a snake. It's a. (laughs) And I thought it was going to be a boring weekend in Greer. Cock the gun. Let's roll. <laughs> you said you like high ground? Prefer it. Climb to the top of the freezer case. See if you can see what that noise is. Okay. Or one of the yeah, shelving things around here. Yeah, I mean, one of the interior freezer yeah. cases. Right. Yeah, you could climb up there. Just be aware you're going to show your profile. Mm-hmm. He's got a lovely profile from the left. Right. So I would, I would be able to get up there. And yep. Do I see anything in particular? Um, you got crazy ninja skills. So what I want to do here is, now that we've kicked off essentially a scene, we've been in a scene, but we're kicking off the part where it's going to start mattering. Uh-huh. Who's doing what? So I, I've got a couple of things here. You just broke the door open. You're just going to, you're going to scale a, a freezer. A I'm going to sit there like a hawk. Ready. What is uh, Father Vicky doing? I'm covering the closest, like depending where we're at in the aisle. I want the uh, right at the beginning of the aisle. So I want to cover that side because we we can see further down. So I'm not worried about that yet. Okay. So I'm covering whatever's closest to something coming around okay. the corner. So towards the front of the store. Yeah. Essentially, where you are would be where they have all the the beers that are open in a cooling area that is currently not on, but that shelving that yeah. has cooling. You're facing that way, and that's where they have all the wine and stuff, yeah. too. And you can see the the main entrance and the windowed wall of the front from where you are. Okay. What is um, Mora up to? would have my back to Father Bic- Vicky, because he's covering one area. Yeah. I'm going to cover our rear. Mm-hmm. Gun out, kind of low and just a, you know, just readied stance, ready to blow whatever it is that comes around. That sounded dirty. Blow away, whatever comes Blow away. In okay, away that, being uh, the key word there. Yes. Okay. And um, for Cletus, is he just keeping an eye on the w- the window he just smashed? The door uh, he just No, smashed? he's going to stick his ha- head in the window and look up and down. Because, okay. they, they, I mean, th- th- there's compartments typically, right? Like, there are usually yeah. four doors. Yeah. And, and I, wanna, I just want to see what else is in this compartment. And. I am making up the behind the scenes of a grocery store as we go. If anyone else is familiar with it or wants to make up their own bit, let me know what I'm starting at right here. Unless, so unless you typically, say otherwise. Uh, okay. we're in the freezer section. So you're in a cold section, not frozen. Ah, oh, so yeah, I thought it was no, this is beer. Refrigerated. Beers be a big refrigerator, and you can walk in there and see a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like so behind shelves. there has got to be a walkway where yeah. somebody could be pushing a cart, grabbing yep. cases of Budweiser, and yep. putting it on the shelf. Yep. So there's space back there, and yep. then the shelving right, that goes right up to the door. Yeah, uh, okay. I've actually worked in a Walmart, so okay. yeah. Cool. Um, but that's the area we're looking at. We're not in those a frozen are the best section. days of your life, aren't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not in a frozen section at this time. Underpaid. Okay. I actually, I guess technically, uh, let, let's just say it outright. I'll say it outright. The frozen section is the stuff in the middle of the store, and all that's powered off. We're in the uh, the uh, uh, peripheral. 
Yeah, the peripheral. So meats, cheeses, right? Meats, cheeses, dairy, eggs, um, uh, eggs beers, butcher, butcher you know, okay. stuff that might be behind a door. We're in that area around the outside of the uh, grocery store. Everything in the middle is not powered. None of the aisles. So the actual freezer section is not powered. The actual freezer section. There might be something right, so behind the scenes. I will. I will step through the door then. Yeah. Okay. And um. And we'll say the shelves are gone just to make it easier. Yeah. And okay. if they weren't, I would have smashed them out. All right. But so I want to know what's behind here. As you're stepping through there, Jamie is climbing up the uh, freezer. Jamie, because you can see over to the other side. Oh, pardon me. Um, you see. Um, forgive me here, but read your able to see in the dark thing one more time, please. Sure. Because um, I'm trying to remember one cloak, key piece of it. Cloak of 156, Shadows. Yeah. I think it is. You want to know if it's magical or not magical? Essentially, yeah. I want to uh, hear what it reads. I can see perfectly in the dark, and I'm immune to any potential effect of normal or magical darkness. Okay. And then additionally, once procession, I can hide if okay. there's a shadow. So on the far side of the store, which would essentially be where they might have like um, the lettuces Lettuce. and stuff like that... Um, you see somebody clearly trying to be hidden, but it um, in the, in darkness. But you can see through that, and what you see, um, just to get straight to the point, is a, what looks like a stereotypical voodoo witch doctor. You've got somebody down there. It might be a man or a woman. You can't tell from here, uh, being a hundred plus feet away. But has some ceremonial headdress with maybe some bones sticking out of it. Um, some brightly colored smock kind of thing. And um, it looks like this person is holding a couple of rag dolls in their hand. It's the guy from the Seven Up commercials from the eighties. Could be the guy from <laughs> the Seven Up commercials. Live and Let Die, James Bond movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> Somebody got it. I was thinking the newer ones. Make Seven Up yours. <laughs> so I would, <laughs> um, yeah. I would signal down to them. Uh, I guess I could just say it, right? I mean, we're not at this point. Yeah. We're not really hiding. As far as and as far as you could tell from your view. It is clear that that person over there knows you're here and is probably trying to prepare something. Right. So I would say there's, there's a shaman in produce. <laughs> there's, there's a shaman in produce. produce. <laughs> we, need, we need shaman cleanup in aisle two. Uh, I've code 42 uh, in aisle right. two. I got some sham wow for you, shaman. <laughs> right. Oh, dear God. Shaman wow. Shaman. Uh, you with the camera guy? Because I can't do this all day. Who's I'll look at him more. I'll be like, you think you can sneak around behind him? I'll make some noise up front. I'm always good at going behind. <laughs> He's always good at making noise up front. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So you guys are going to split up to, to make that distraction diversion. Yeah, I'll go to go the guy like behind. head on so he can see me. Okay. And I'll bring up the rear. Because, mm-hmm. because Cletus is right at the door, we're going to go to Cletus next. Um, you're going to step through. Uh, the crinkle of the glass under your feet makes a little bit of noise, but it's kind of deadened as you're walking into this refrigerated area. Um, and kind of at the edge of your vision is silhouettes of things just kind of standing there. And I say things because they're humanoid-shaped, but sure don't smell humanoid. Okay. And um, pretty much, I say at the edge of your vision, in this place where you are, because you don't have any special sight, yeah. um, supernatural, see-in-the-dark sight, uh, the, it's probably about 10 feet away. Different shapes on both sides. Like if you stepped a few feet in either direction, you could probably touch them and they could probably... Yeah, I'll approach a little closer. Kill you. Warily. Okay. There's um, uh, just like decaying 
corpses standing upright. It's an undead army. And they go about as deep as you can see. Yeah. So, uh... And it really is the kind of smell where you see in movies where somebody's going to dab the old spice on the, the cloth and put it over their <laughs> nose is that it, you are knee deep in it, literally, or figuratively, or, you know, however, figuratively. Um, yeah, go to someone else real quick. And, I then, the and then, so Chris, you are approaching uh, the witch doctor. What's he doing? Saw the witch doctor. He's saying, what to do? Bing bang. That's how you have to approach this witch doctor. Um, It'll be a fast walk, so I'm not losing eyes on my sights. But you're also going to do it at such a speed that she's not going to be far behind, right? Yeah, like I'm not not running. It's more of a fast walk because I don't want my sights moving around too much. Fast walk. You're going up the front. I'm going up the rear. Yeah, I want to like... Because she's going to take 10 or 15 seconds longer to get there going around the store. (laughs) Even fast. Um, Okay. Uh, so you see as you get a little closer it's definitely a woman and um, she is very uh, full figured shall we say mm-hmm. and um, she have big boobies yeah that and big other things as well <laughs> oh my <laughs> she's big all over you bought a size 14 she's about as wide as she is tall 36 24 36 <laughs> only if she 5 3 <laughs> that song's awesome um when you approach, she sees you, and she grabs one of the um, the dolls that she's holding, uh, looks at you, and then jabs. I'll a pit. start as soon as, I, as soon as I see that. I want to start yeah. shooting. Okay, then let's let's try and work this out because in this case, this is a conflict. We have um, violence erupting, mm-hmm. and I I should and I'm on page 186 for those who want to follow. It is setting the scene. When violence erupts, the GM should pause the action to set the scene. Establish what exactly is occurring, where everyone is located, and what the environment is like. Um, And I can write down a few situation aspects pertinent to the scene. To be fair, I already have aspects for this this place and this person. So I have that already. I'm not writing them as I go. Um, And then we're going to divide the area into zones. This one's important because the way Dresden uh, Files Accelerated works, the way Fate works, is when you're talking range, you're talking zones in this world. Um, A pistol is a one-zone option. A rifle is a two-zone thing. We're going to set the zones as... Uh, I'll call one produce. That's where the witch doctor is, where you're ending up, and where uh, you being Father Vicky, and where Mora will end up. <laughs> so those three characters are about to be in the produce zone. Then we're going to have the what I'll call the refrigeration zone, and that right now is where um, Cletus and Jamie are. Okay, And then there is another zone, and we'll, for now we'll just call it rest of store. So there, is a, there are three zones... And you guys are in zone one in produce, and the other two are in zone three, and there's a zone two in the middle. So when it comes to this, there's space that we have to work through. Um, I don't know if anybody actually wants to try. Actually, I'll, I'll do this quickly on a, on a piece of paper um, here, and then we can put it on the table. I will put this out here. So essentially, I'm drawing a rectangle, and I have a one, two, and a three on it. And, um, Your artistic skills are astounding. It was very quick. <laughs> it was like a 10-second job, man. But uh, 
Again, um, you left her unsatisfied. Did. <laughs> the father, the father, and the monster hunter are in zone one. Zone two is the empty space in between, which again has a lot of fixtures and stuff from a grocery store. And then zone three is what we'll call the refrigerated section, and that's currently where Jamie and Cletus are. So we've now set the zones. What that will mean is when movement happens, essentially on your turn, as it were, now we don't have initiative, but when it's your time to do something, if you want to do something in another zone, pretty much your action is going to be going there Mm -hmm. to do it, unless you have something that reaches across more than one zone, right? Fire a bullet over there, I'll hit their ass. Yeah, Now, with, with a pistol. Say you were firing across two zones, it becomes a lot less effective. Yep. In some cases, some weapons just don't work past one zone. Like throwing a rock is like a one in a million shot of hitting someone two zones away kind of thing. Um, but that now we're setting that zone and the movements. Now we determine the sides and objectives. In this case, I think it's pretty clear. Um, we have the side of the bad person. We have our witch doctor and the zombies. They're on the same side. And the players are on the opposing side. Um, and then the turn order. The way this is going to work is we're going to try it by the book again. This is page 187. Whoever acted first to initiate the conflict should act first in its resolution. So the character who lashes out with the first punch, insult, or spell, or you know, whatever, is the first one. And in this case, we're going to make it as the father. Mm-hmm. Father Bartok is going to be the one rushing the the shaman, witch doctor, voodoo practitioner. Right. Um, and this, it, so for that, it's going to be an opposed role. Um, so you're going to take one of your four basic actions. Now we got to look at actions. This is our yeah, first combat. So let's check that out. Does anyone have actions already in front of them? Yeah. We uh, no. Actually, let me point out quick reference sheet has the actions on it, and they, they, it says they're on page 104 of the book, but the quick, uh, quick reference sheet actually talks about creating an advantage, attack, defend, and overcome, and they each have a description with them. I won't necessarily read them right off unless we end up needing to, but um, those are the actions that you would take. It sounds to me you're like... Um, the father is just going to shoot. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. All right, so that sounds like an attack. Definitely. And we get um, uh, we get a roll that goes along with that. So what is your approach for the attack? Because it's an action, so you still I have to decide. I guess I would have approach. to uh, well, focus would probably make more sense because force. I'm not like. So you have to. Uh, you yeah, were, that you seems were like force pers- seems like more physical action than. You are uh, partially rushing. Right. But not necessarily. No, just more running. of a fast walk, yeah. Because right. I don't want to lose. So I want to focus on sites to make the okay. hits. So you may slow down a step. Yeah. When when shoot. I can even plant and shoot and then move again. Okay. So that's what, that's how we will treat it. Now let's do that roll because you're going to shoot, and um, she is going to try not to be hit. Yeah. Because well, that's how it Serpentine. works. Serpentine. 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 <laughs> He's an alligator. Why not? So it's gonna be four. I have this many. Five. Uh, I oh. have five. So um, the first that. shot, the first shot just goes a little wild, and it, maybe it's because of the sharp pain you feel in your left shoulder yeah. just as you squeeze the trigger. It kind of like someone Finish. stuck a needle in it. Yeah. Finish. Yes. Yeah, like I kind of threw. Yep. Um, 
so that that is essentially is her action at this time. Now we're we were treating this as Moro was going to be coming up behind at almost the same time he was reaching the yeah. the father was reaching the the um, voodoo lady. What is she up to? The the shot goes off. I don't know if there's a noise from the father as a pin pokes into his shoulder. It wouldn't be loud enough to hear over the gunfire. Okay. But the father shot first, so I'm yeah. going to follow suit. Okay. Turn around. I heard him shoot. Yep. See kind of the general direction he's shooting. Would I see the shaman or yep. shot person? Shot person. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's such a thing as a shaw woman. Equal I think opportunity. it's still a shaman, whether you're a man or a Fuck female. it. You know, yeah. it's 2017. Shaw woman. <laughs> Pshaw woman is what it Voodoo is. Voodoo priestess. Yes. Voodoo priestess. So I see... I actually wrote it as voodoo practitioner, to be generic. <laughs> to be generic. Okay. Yeah. So I would shoot in the general direction of the voodoo practitioner. There you go. Fuck it. Blow her brains out. Okay. I would use force, brute strength, rather than subtlety, because okay. there is no subtlety here. <laughs> Pull out my Glock and yeah. Glock 18 and shoot at her. Yeah, I imagine force would be the... Yeah. Aspect of choice for... Shoot first. I mean, I could have used that and would have tied you. I didn't know, but no. force didn't make sense to me. It seems like more of a, of a like, like physical hands-on attack. Machine gun? Yeah. Handling a machine gun would be force. And let me really? let me throw something out there. Uh, there is no subtlety. I'm just... Yeah, because this was more of a coordinated effort between yeah. the characters. Something that probably could have made sense and something to consider as we move forward is um, one of the actions is create an advantage. So you could have tried right. to put an aspect onto the practitioner of distracted. Yes, that yeah, was my plan. Right? Which, which then, that's what you're rolling for. You're not yeah. necessarily rolling to shoot, yeah, but gotcha. rolling to distract. Right. And then th- the distracted aspect is something that Mora would invoke gotcha. in, or compel, whatever the yeah. right wording is, in order to get an advantage on her roll. All right. So then sense. she would be the one shooting and using the advantage that you created. Gotcha. So, and we're not doing that this time, but that's one yeah. I, one way that this works. It's kind of setting each other up for success. Right. But go ahead with your attack, Mora. So oh, I got a roll too. Shot at my friend. Ooh. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Not better over here. I'll tell you that Two much. minuses versus my force, which is plus three, so I got one. So I had a two. So Mickey, always, always, always look. You have three refresh points. Oh, if you can, if you, you can, know what? let's talk. Let's talk about that as we pick up we the all next have episode because we're going to leave this one on a cliffhanger. Wait, there's no. more though. As oh, we're God. shooting at the shamanessening practitioner, shamanamanamanamana, ding dong, shanana. Thanks uh, for listening. And and we will wrap this episode up here. We will pick right back up on this with our next episode of Adventures from the Shed. In the meantime, we will all say hasta luego. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com.